What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we have a tribute for the, I guess, duo collective album, yeah. uh, Mad Villainy from MF Doom and Mad Lib. I guess yeah. the group would be Mad Villain. Yeah, Mad right? Villain. Uh, released March 23rd, 2004. And with yeah. us to help celebrate this album, we have a guest, Nick Rosenberg, who is in the music uh, industry, entertainment law, entertainment yeah, law. I, I guess so. Everything. Yeah, yeah, it's funny though because I um to think of me as just being like I'm in the industry. That's yeah, that's what I am. But first <laughs> and foremost, I'm here because like I love this shit, Hip-hop, right? Yeah, 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 like that's the the reason I do it. And sometimes. I'm like, why did I do it? Because maybe I ruined the only thing that I like in life. <laughs> Man, like, why would like... I make my work the thing that I really enjoy? And then I'm just like, I ah, fuck all this shit. <laughs> I feel that. And, and that, you know, that's a that's a good kind of segue, right? Because you, you are a hip hop head. And that's kind of how we were introduced to you. Um, and as I was telling you off mic, I remember seeing your brother, Peter, on uh, Drink Champs. And he said that the first person that introduced him to hip hop was you, his brother. So tell us a little bit about your kind of your journey, like how you got into hip hop and, you know, like both from a, you know, industry perspective, but sure. like just loving it, yeah. your first, you know, influences, et cetera. So this is, it's actually great. I get to tell this story <laughs> at this moment because uh, the first time I loved hip hop, and it wasn't the first time I heard hip hop, mm. was admittedly when I heard parents just don't under- understand okay. in the car in <laughs> okay. 1988. And at that point, I had already ha- I had Raising Hell, oh, right? Yeah. And I'd heard like random Beastie Boys, License yeah, to yeah, Hell, yeah. and right, right. you know, stuff that you'd hear at school. But it mm-hmm. was like, cool. I was just, didn't think about it. Uh-huh. That song, I was like, I really like this record. And uh, I bought the album and I just like played it over and over and over and over again. Word. So it's funny okay. because now everybody's like, mad at Will Smith and I'm just like no no like there's no way I can never no cancel wrong. Will Smith yeah like people are just I'm like yeah does no wrong to me right that's how how uh our, our boy Amos is with LL Cool J I make all kinds of jokes about uh LL Cool J licking chocolate syrup off of women's knees and getting in the water with his hat on and all types of ridiculous shit and he's like Yo. LL Cool J can literally do no wrong he could walk out and slap an old lady and I wouldn't care so I feel you yeah no but it's funny but like I heard of LL Cool J before I heard of DJ Jazzy Jeff yeah. and the Fresh Prince right, right? right but I just didn't I didn't know any LL Cool J songs. I just knew he was like popping, the right? Man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so so the reason we we kind of you know tagged you is is because we we had said that we wanted to do this album for a long time. When Doom passed, I was kind of gung ho about us doing this album. We, we said that we were going to. We table didn't even it really talk about it. What do you mean? We when 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 Doom passed, you and I actually didn't even. Yeah, have a we didn't even have like an episode yeah. about it or anything like that. But yeah, but um, I think but, that's because you knew that I wasn't huge. where. So 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 real quick uh, for the listeners, right? So when when Doom passes, I was actually just starting to get into Doom. Okay. And this album in particular, and like late pass, by the way. What did you say? Late pass to use <laughs> the internet from two thousand four slang. <laughs> um. Oh right right right. Yes. It's yes. like I wasn't on the internet in two thousand. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was no. over the internet, and so I didn't. Uh... No no no. So um um. But I, I do have respect for this artist. I do have respect for this album. And I didn't feel I was like, I didn't know the album well enough to discuss it. So we just kind of tabled it. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's the reason why so, we didn't discuss this album when, when he passed right. away. So when JB and Panama were like, yo, you should have Nick on your podcast. Mm-hmm. I remember going to, to look up your Twitter 
and I saw that your avatar yeah. was a picture of Doom's mask. It might still be. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, Nick would be perfect for this episode. So that's kind of how we how we landed. And I actually I went on Juan Epstein, the, the episode they did after he died. And I, I talked to Peter and Seif about it for a little bit. And mm. I was on with such luminaries as uh Stretch Armstrong. Oh, I mean oh, wow. Babito Stretch and Osh, uh word. Forget other people, other cool people too. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why they would have wanted me when they could have Bavito, but you know, it's Man, the, brother, such... the advantage of being the brother, I guess. <laughs> that's cool. Well, or that's cool. Disadvantage so, to the listener. So we could so we could jump into to the album. So yeah. um, I don't know. May, maybe we should start with the the kind of the where were you? Yeah. So uh, well, I mean, you're the guest. Yeah. Where where were you when you first uh, heard this album? So I'm gonna go do go back to that late pass comment. I mean, okay. It was that era. I mean, I think it was like it was pre. It was internet rap, but it wasn't blog rap yet, right? Yep. right? It was yep. like message board rap. Right. Mm -hmm. So right. it was yeah. like, OK Player was like the biggest thing. Yeah. And then you had some yeah. hip hop sites. Undergroundhiphop.com. Uh, yeah, all these ones. Yeah. And I was big on this, uh, big. I was uh, on this uh, this message board called The Lawn, which was okay. Little Brothers uh, uh, okay. message board, which had a really ac uh, active community. And it was a really good group of people. Yeah. And uh, actually, Jeff Weiss just wrote an article about The Lawn for, uh, okay. for his site, Passion Weiss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was this era where I was heavily online engaging with people yeah. about music yeah. and people were sharing a lot of music. Yeah. And like, this was the prime bootleg moment oh, where stuff yeah, was dropping sure. before, sure. right? It was before they figured out how to lock it down yeah. so you wouldn't. Yeah. And, and there was a huge lag in between yeah. a release and when stuff would leak. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and people, you probably remember, people would send stuff over like file transfer on AOL Instant Messenger. Like it's post Napster, post LimeWire probably. Right. I mean, you could yeah. still use it. There was like, like Soul Seek Soul Seek. stuff. Yeah, right. like Soul these... Seek was fire because yeah. the people, it was, it was like not a lot like, of viruses and stuff. And right, it was people's right. good collections. Exactly. But there was a lot of like, when you knew people, yep. you would just share stuff back and forth. Yeah. Yep. So I think actually Nick DeWanda would send me a lot of stuff. Okay. And I think he sent me the mad villain. Okay. But the, the, bootleg. the bootleg. Yes. Okay. Yep. And so, but this was a moment like I loved the college dropout bootleg at that time, which okay, came so out. You, like, so you got it in 03 then. Yeah, it sounds like you got Probably it. Probably ish. Okay. Yeah. Because, because it came because, out in March 04. Is that what they said? Yeah. Right. And it, yeah. and I think the the leak, so I think the leak happened in like mid 02 or something like that. For Mad Villain? For Mad Villain. They, they finished it like in, in mid-02. Maybe it was. I could be like my, I don't remember. I was just looking at the dates today to see. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's possible. I know the Kanye leak was around 2003. Like yeah, the end yeah. of 2003 yeah. probably. Because okay. I remember uh, listening to it at an office Christmas party. Right. Um, But yeah, that was yeah. it. And I was just okay. into all that stuff. But yeah. like. So, how, so, so what was it? When did you like get this particular project? Like the real so one, the real. Well, I mean, so both. So when when you you you're on the message boards, and 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 Nick was it Nick who sent you the the. the I think so. Yeah. Okay. In all likelihood, and he then, had everything. And then when did you get the actual the actual album, or did you even want it? Or you know what? I don't think I ever bought it. To be honest. Wow. Okay. But I must have had it. I don't yeah. know. The truth is, I mean, I've listened to the real one mm -hmm. much more. Maybe I just downloaded it at some stuff. point, and now I now I listen to it on streaming once right, that happened, right, right? Which seems like it was way after, but relatively wasn't that yeah. far after, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, it was it was funny. I think I was saying to you before that like the bootleg was out for so long. I think bef the, 
before the album yep. that when the album came out, I was less interested. And I remember when listening to it and being like, I don't know that one. That wasn't on the bootleg. Yeah. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I only that, like the bootleg. Now that's some rap snob shit right Oh there. my God, is it? <laughs> what about you, Outlaw? Where were you? So, all right. So my first experiences with the album were okay. actually, I think the song All Caps. Okay. I think it was Ibrahima yeah. sent me the song and sent me the video. The video. And I was he really- He used to make us watch this video all the time. I was he really into it because I was like, oh, that cartoony thing. <laughs> yeah. I, it kind of reminds me of the of the um, the Daytona 500s video just in terms uh -huh. of like yeah. the, the old school quality. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's obviously something completely different from that. Yeah. But nevertheless, like the fact that you've got this like cartoon kind of heist thing going on and right, the guy's got right. this metal face. And then like that sample, like I was really into a sample of that kind of quality right, at the time. Right. Like those, that's just kind of like the beats that I was trying to make. Yeah. And so like, I remember then kind of perusing through the rest of the album yeah. and it, the album itself didn't really resonate with me. So I never yeah. really listened to it at the time. I just liked that one song, All Caps. Mm -hmm. Then I think my next ex experience with this was probably like in 2005 or 2006. I went on like a, a camping trip with some friends mm -hmm. and then afterwards we went back to like one of their places and they're sitting there like these were like black nerdy folks right mm -hmm. and they're sitting there playing like these video games and they had the mf doom on in the background i was right. like oh what is that and they're like oh that's mf doom and at the time i was like oh yeah i don't really fuck with this shit. And, oh, damn. yeah because i whatever i was an mm -hmm. ignorant opinion right <laughs> but i was like oh that's the kind of like underground hip-hop they like whatever i'm gonna uh, go listen to my my snooty <laughs> jazz and miles yeah. davis over Ornette here right? Coleman. <laughs> Um, so then I think though, what drew me into the album though, okay. this is way after the fact now. And this is like years, a decade has gone by. I've learned to respect the fact that even though like MF Doom isn't really my guy. Okay. Um, like I know that a lot of people know him. Mm -hmm. um, they like him. They rate him highly. And right. like Mad Mad Villain, Mad Villainy is like a dope project. Like I've, yeah. I've learned to just accept that even though I never really got into it myself. Right. But then I started getting into like Flight Lotus around mm. like 2016. Okay. And he put out one of these mixtapes. I forget which one it was. I'm not sure if it was like Black Power mixtape or Black This mixtape or something like that. Mm -hmm. But basically like he would have his whatever like little beats and this, that and the other. And he would like remix tracks and like put verses, whatever. Yeah. And he had this song where he had the, the the lyrics to accordion on it, right? Mm -hmm. And I would just listen to this mixtape while I do my code. And eventually, like, some of the lyrics I started kind of... Before, I would just kind of, like, tune out the, the the vocals, and I'm just, like, listening to the, the, the music. But then right. eventually, like, the vocals kind of started to creep in. And he's like, yo, uh, give you nothing but the... Uh, the like, like, two, two bras. bras. And a, it's like, giving you got more lyrics than the church got ooh lords. Yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, don't touch the mic. Like, like there was AIDS, AIDS on, on it. it. I was like... That's that's kind of nice. It's like, is right. that MF Doom? Yeah. I think that's MF Doom. So then, yeah. so then more and more, I'm like, all right, maybe MF Doom is cool. More and more, he like starts popping into my my, my Spotify playlist, mm -hmm. and like, I start to get a, a a sense of how he raps. Yeah. And then because you and I are doing the podcast, I'm listening to like more and more artists, mm -hmm. and I'm realizing it's like, oh, y'all got your style from MF for Doom. Sure. For and sure. I didn't realize that at the time. And once mm. once I picked that together, I was like, yeah. oh no, I've been, I have right. been sleeping on MF Doom. So, and so, it's, it's kind of interesting too, like, you know, to, to your, your point of like you engaging with it the first time, I'm yeah. a little surprised that like he didn't, he didn't catch your ear earlier because 
I know how much of a Ghostface fan you are. Yes. And yeah. you know, this stream of consciousness, non sequitur rhyme shit yeah. is what Ghost is a wizard at, right? So this is true. I'm kind of surprised that, well, that. But again, though, right? Again, you. and I say yeah. this all the time, but this album comes out in 2004. I probably heard it late 2004, whenever Ibrahim had told me about it. Right. And at this time, like, I'm slowly starting to check out. And I think by 2005, 2006, unless it's an artist that I'm really familiar with, you know what I mean? I just, I don't care about like hip hop, okay. but I just, I just don't care. So I just never really grew right. um, with them. But, you know, like I said, you know, I'm, he's starting to get like in my queue of mm -hmm. musicians mm -hmm. and I haven't really gotten deeply into his catalog just because, I mean, my queue of musicians that I need to listen to, I mean, oh, it's, I know, it's right? fucking, it's, it's, I still have Queen on there. Like I still, I get to go through Queen's whole catalog. It's just, yeah. there's a lot of musicians there, right? And, um, and Doom got a lot of stuff too. He, he does, does have a lot of things. Yeah. He does have a lot of stuff, but like, you know, he he passes away uh, two mm. years ago. This sounds right. Right? Um, year and a half. Yeah. Year and a half ago. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we didn't even talk about doing this album because I think you probably knew that I just wasn't hit to talk about it. Mm. But, um, you know, I had I had a lot of respect for MF Doom. And I was like, no, like I need to, I need to digest this album more before we actually discuss it. So, you know, so we're yeah. discussing it now. But that's my, that's my where were you, mm -hmm. you know, my roundabout way to getting to this <laughs> album and getting to Doom and I this that, and the that. other. So I feel that. Where's your? Uh, where were you? I was. Uh, so I was. I was at UVA. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's funny. I, I guess I kind of have two where we use right because I got this in that two thousand two time frame. So, oh, okay. um, so uh, you know, again, they. I think they. They. They worked on the album. And we're almost done with it. Maybe in like the mid two thousand two time frame. I want to say I read that Madlib was in Brazil for the Red Bull Academy when he got swiped. Right. Somebody got a oh. hold of somebody got a hold of it, and they leaked it. They leaked it to the the net, um, and so you know, so around that time, you know, I'm a freshman at, at UVA. Yeah. Um, you know, I would have started what whatever time August or September. You would have been uh, that, August two thousand two. Yeah, right. So, so I come to UVA, and you know, become fast friends with with J and E. We 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 create a rap group. So I had this rap group called the Cartel, Cartel yeah. at, at UVA, and so it was interesting because the three of us. We're almost kind of like odd fellows. Like we we were all kind of had our own different personalities. Certainly did. And E was was very very into like this type of world. He was a huge Mad Lib guy. He loved Lord Quaz. He loved all, all of this. So he spit too. so Shout it made to sense. It made sense that like MF Doom he would be into MF Doom. But me and e, me and Jay did not get Doom at all when we first heard. <laughs> so like you know. He would be like, y'all got to hear this guy. Y'all got to hear this guy. Y'all got to hear this like guy. A lot of people were like that, though. A lot right. of people were like this. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, yeah I was and like so, that, too. And so he would bring it around. And, you know, we we were rappers. So, you know, we we put shit on it. it. Even if it had words on it, we'd be freestyling and it, music would be playing in the background. We were always rapping. Um, and so he put Doom on and it, it never really was catching us. But he was like, you have to listen to this guy. So I went. This is the Soul Seek days. This is the whatever. Kazaa was out. Morpheus, whatever. Oh, yeah. So I went to download doom because i wanted to i wanted to hear it and this was the project that people were all talking about on the message boards or whatever this is 0203 time frame and and i remember the first song i ever heard was figaro mm. but it was labeled powerball oh, five. Oh, interesting yeah because there were three songs that in the in the original one were, were were named differently in the bootleg so figaro was called powerball five i want to say curls was called horny or something like that. That sounds familiar. And yeah. then there was another song that was named something different. So the first song I ever heard was Figaro, but I it was called Powerball Five. Figaro. So Figaro. so I download I download Powerball Five and I'm and and I put it in some like 
Winamp playlist. And, I you love know, Winamp. Was, I remember Winamp. I remember Winamp. So, I tried to find it recently because I was like, <laughs> I want that retro player yeah. right now. I actually yeah, DJed a party on yeah. Winamp once. Yeah. Yeah. Winamp I had two was, different, was, was so I had, ill. I had two different media players and I had to like yeah. practice and rehearse in time and get everything right. <laughs> Yo, I had my EQ settings like perfect. Oh, my, yeah, Winamp. yeah. 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 Like yeah. it was. It was oh, and that was like skins. Like, like the first <laughs> yeah, yeah, skins. Yeah. So, so I hear, I hear Powerball 5 and I, and it, and it, starts to get into my rotation and I'm like this is really dope so I go back to Ian I'm like yo you were right about that MF Doom dude he's dope he was like yeah see I told you and I was like yeah that's on Powerball 5 it's crazy and he's like what's Powerball 5 because he had like he had it was labeled properly like whatever mm -hmm. version of the project mm -hmm. he had when we talked about it so that that's my like my my intro is remembering that like I downloaded these mp3s and they didn't have the real titles yeah and so um from what I read on the internet, it leaked. Yeah. And then um, Stone's Throw released a statement that basically said, hey, we want you to support us and our artists. This was a leak. This is the track list that you have if you have the leak. This is what the, the track list actually is. Right. Please support the artists. We're actually going to put this out for yeah. real. So, and they didn't do that until, you know, one and a half years later or whatever, when mm -hmm. they actually put it out in 2004. So, you know, by the time it came out in 2004, though, like you said, like on the message boards and everything, there was just this lore around it. Everybody's talking about, you know, the, the, this, uh, this project. And since then, they had gone on their separate ways. Madlib had gone and made J-Lib with, yeah, with, with, with Dilla. Right, right. And See, to Doom me, those had, were like at the same, like... Yeah. They were flying around uh, people at the same time. Yes. Was the bootleg, because it was a, a J-Lib bootleg also. It, yep, yeah. exactly. I think those two got leaked around the same yeah. time. Because like cause like, the, like you said, and apparently what happened was when it leaked, Doom was like, fuck this. And then just like, was like, don't put it out. And, you know, they they got on their artist shit. And that's why they both dipped. Um, but like you said, they, they worked on side projects. I think um, Doom did... Uh, vaudeville villain, yeah, there's and another person. another project at the, did, at the same time. There was like time. two Victor Vaughn projects, like yeah, in short yeah. order. Yeah, like, and so he put he put his projects out, um, and they you know they had limited fanfare. J Lib was was seen as a actually as a failure for what they thought it was going to do on Stone's Throw, and so then that's when Stone's Throw's like, let's put our money together and actually put this out, right? And so you know they do, and it comes out in 04, and but it became like a statement piece. Like we we talked about how you know you ha you would see certain albums that people would get like on vinyl or have the CD and they would put it on their coffee table to show people that yeah. they have culture. Yeah. Like this album, this art, you would see it. People would intentionally display it in their homes so you knew that they had taste. Like that's how big this record became. So. Yeah, I was like, I think I remember picking up when the album came out, The Village Voice, and maybe it was on the mm. front page or yeah. very like it was a huge article. I remember right. sort of thinking to myself. Yeah. Wow, this is a different world than when that bootleg came out, right? right. And, and so they, it, yeah. it, it, this this album became like a, you know, I'm a cultured, I know about hip hop. Like, you know, people would name drop it, you know, in, in, in these hip hop discussions that we would have and stuff like that to kind of show sort of their like pedigree. Sort of like a miseducation of Lauryn Hill in that respect, right? Like, really? Well, I don't know. I felt like that was sort of a statement piece also. Yeah, maybe. I, but I feel like the miseducation... Was, it, it's everybody knows it, yeah. right? Everybody yeah, really knows commercial, it. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah from yeah, that yeah, standpoint. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like maybe non-hip hop people finding okay. a really good hip hop record, right, 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 and then yeah, yeah, you know because it is a great album. Yeah, and, yeah. But but yeah, back to back to you know outlaws, kind of because technically the where were you? We were in the same place, right? Yeah. You you were around, but like also your kind of 
your love for jazz and the yeah. things that you were exploring and yeah. the types of beats that you were making, yeah. I would also I was also a little bit surprised that you wouldn't have engaged with it back then. Yeah, home. I mean, I think the thing for me um was just that like I said, like lyrically, I I I yep. didn't I couldn't really engage with it yeah, the way yeah, I wanted yeah. to. Yep. And I think that the parts that sounded familiar to me from a vocal perspective sounded a lot like just underground rap that I've kind of gotten tired of. So I've spoken gotcha. about it on the podcast. So I just feel that like when it came to like discussions about like what real hip hop was, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was on that tip when I was in high school. So right. we're talking about like 98 through 2001 and then mm -hmm. early, early 2000s, whatever, when I'm in college, like I'm still kind of on that like real hip hop thing. But mm -hmm. I kind of started to evolve to the point where I'm like, no, like people talk about like, oh, that's not real hip hop. They're just talking about money, bitches and cars or whatever. But it's mm -hmm. also like, well, at least there's a subject matter here. Right. Half of this underground shit doesn't even it's have any subject matter. Just rapping about rapping. Mm, just rapping about rapping. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, this this kind of this kind of underground rap that, that is like real hip hop hasn't really evolved much. This is my thinking at the time. Right. Right. And so I think that when I heard MF Doom, the parts that I could like engage with it, I just kind of immediately dismiss right. it as like, oh, this is like that like underground shit. You guys have your fun, right. whatever. Right. And then. I'm also getting away from hip hop in general. Right, and right, like, like I said, when I'm making these beats, I'm starting to realize that I actually like the songs I'm sampling right, right, more than right. the, more yeah. than the beats that I'm like that I'm hearing. Right, right. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of when I, I start getting into classic rock and jazz, like full, you know, uh full on. The thing is with Doom is that there's a pretty straight line from when Doom comes out with KMD, mm -hmm. which I loved at the yeah. time. Like okay. that, like, and that was not an album that was right. like. People talked about Mr. Hood, right? Mm -hmm. And then they got shelved with Black Bastards. With Black Bastards, and, yeah. But like, you know, and then I sort of lost sight of Doom. But then he ends up, the oh, first time I heard MF Doom, I didn't even think I knew it was the MF same Doom. Guy. Or yeah. no, it was, it was like I was living in England and I got a, oh. a Z Trip mixtape randomly at a record store. Okay. And Hay was on it. And okay. this was probably in 1998. Seven. Oh wow right and okay. like he had like hey mm -hmm. and i liked it okay but i sort of put it in this category of like weird z trip kind of rap <laughs> like okay you know yeah. sort of like yeah. a little and then i actually got uh operation doomsday and probably yeah, like 1999 okay right i ordered it from like one of those sites it's mm -hmm. funny when you were talking about like water for chocolate like i remember mm -hmm. getting doomsday and like water for chocolate. I don't know if it came in the same package, uh -huh. like or um, but I got, it was around, around the, the same, same time, time that I got those albums. Uh -huh. And I got obsessed with Doom. Yeah. At that point. Okay. Like so you went down the rabbit hole of like his beat tapes and his No, uh, I wasn't that. I, mean, I was never that big of a nerd. I mean, I'm uh -huh. a nerd, but I, I just loved Operation Doomsday. I loved gotcha. King uh, King Ghidra. Right. Um, and then just sort of on through. Right, right, right. right. Okay. Like when I worked at Rockets, there were people who were like super into all like doom beat tapes and godfather don yeah, and like yeah. people that are just sort of like i don't even really know who they are because 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 he had like like he 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 gave me like a hard drive like he had like 22 projects like and like five or ten of them were just beat tapes like mm. special ingredients special volume, herbs. special herbs. Yeah, but a lot of them like, are beats know, from songs that are yeah, out that are in other out. places that's true yeah yeah, okay. yeah. um so, yeah, there's a lot of projects. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, we, we kind of started teasing the uh, the critical reception a little bit. Yeah. And um, you know, typically when we do this segment of of a tribute or just an album, you know, we kind of go through the Wikipedia a little bit, right? Um, and we kind of like tease out some some bits. But I mean, to be honest, it's kind of like not even necessary. Yeah. Because it just 
Aces across the board. Right. Widely right. heralded. Yeah. Five stars out of five stars. Yes. A pluses. Yeah. I mean, just every bit of critical acclaim you could possibly it, it would, If you wanted to go through the Wikipedia and just look at like the legacy, the accolades, the critical reception of this album, I think it might take you like at least like 30 minutes to do it. Like it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So everyone loves this album. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in terms of the peers, you know, I think that my peers in school, with the exception of Ibrahima, I didn't really mm-hmm. know anyone getting into this album. But uh-huh. like like I said, though, nevertheless, despite the fact that I never really heard it, yeah. I still knew his name. I still knew that project. Yeah. And then when they came back out to, to do more projects together, I was like, oh, you know, that makes sense. So, right. I mean, yeah, you know, I just kind of, it's unfortunate that I just kind of missed it at that time. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. That's, yeah. that's, that's the way it happened. But yeah. Um, how about you? Like, like with the the folks around you, what was the what was the talk like when you when you? Uh, I mean, like, sad for me. Like, my rap life more or less existed on the internet at that mm-hmm. point, you know. Mm-hmm. And they loved it. I mean, yeah. this was like, you know, this was the era where, you know, at the time I remember maybe posting about it or thinking about the fact that like the triumvirate of great rap producers was Madlib, Doom, and uh, Dilla, yeah. right? And at that moment, they're all just doing a million things, right? Yeah. They're all over the place. That's true. But that was the world that I was living in. That's and, um, you know, so yeah, it was pr- pretty well regarded. And yeah. the funny thing is, though, now, it's like when he died, I remember talking to, like, my neighbor across the street in Kensington, and she's not, she likes rap. She's not particularly into it, but she's a few years younger. Yeah. Probably about y'all's age, maybe a little older. But I remember, she's like, oh, I remember that, you know, yeah. like. Mm. That album, like, so it was definitely like a college dorm. So piece. much, so yeah, much. I feel yeah. like that too. Yeah. And and I agree with you. Like, I I think, and I'm not trying we, to knock her. No. I mean, like, yeah. but I'm just no, yeah. no, totally. I, we we talked about when we when we talked about Wu Tang Forever. I was talking about how you know that album almost like united my like high school, you know, middle school campus, like like racially, because it was just like. You know, the white skater kids liked it as much as the, you know, black gangster rap dudes or whatever, right? Right. I feel like with this album, you know, it was weird. Like, you know, G-Unit and all these people are out, uh, Dipset, you know, whoever, right? And so the people who liked that music, they weren't really talking about this. Most of the people I talked about this were either white kids or really nerdy, you know, backpacky hip-hop, like, nerds, you know? So... So that was also interesting, right? Like it was a little bit more fringe because it didn't mm. sound like the things that were being like mass this marketed in, in music. This is true, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's definitely true. <laughs> but it's weird. It sort of falls into this, like I've always, as a white hip hop fan from the time I was young, always sort of remarked at the sort of things that cross o- over for whatever weird reason. And yeah. you're like, what? Cypress Hill. Like, I remember hearing Cypress Hill and coming yeah. into Cypress Hill and liking them as like a rap fan. But then right. I'm like, all these other kids like Cypress Hill also. Yeah. But, what made that be the thing that made but, it? But in the back end, it makes sense. Because yeah. it's like it the bong raps, right? Like yeah. they're, 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 they're Chicha Chong, right? Yeah. Um, right, and then, totally. And then with like, with this, it's like, oh, it's the mask. Right. And now it makes perfect sense. But back then it's like, why would you even try that? You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. then it works. And there's like weird things where you're like, that's that was a funny one that just sort of made oh. it over, right? right like, the, right. Like, yeah. You know, okay. Uh, real quick, uh, do you mind if I shout out one of our other listeners? Yeah. So Tej, who is one of our Facebook contributors, he posts a lot um, mm-hmm. when we, uh, he comments a lot when we post random things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just had a, a couple things to add real quick, but he just said, Mad Villainy for me was the album along with MM Food where Doom was at his apex creatively. Mm-hmm. Mad Lib's odd but banging production just perfectly complemented his left of center lyrics so well. 
Not only that, they gave you straight concentrated dopeness in a short amount of time, yep. like Nazomatic or Commons B. Um, nope. Just, just a real quick snippet. But yeah, I, I think a lot of that is true, yeah. especially when we talk about like the brevity of the album. Yeah, um, yeah, there's, yeah. there's no fat on it either. It's just, no, at all. You know, it's really good. And one more thing to your point about about uh, you know Nick about the the like I don't know, kind of like how it picked up, like in you know, was the the shit about like him performing or not performing oh, right God. so, so yeah. the first, I, heard, I heard those stories so the first thing was the mask right so it's like oh there's yeah. this guy and he wears a mask and he raps so i feel like yeah. that was a great gimmick already even though it's funny it was an anti-gimmick right like he's like i'm gonna wear a mask because i don't want people to care about what i look like i want them to care about the music but yeah. then all anybody was talking about was it's the mask, mask. Right. so it's yeah. almost kind of like an anti-gimmick so then he so he does that and then there's the whole shit where like you know, and and I'm I'm now saying this for folks on the podcast because y'all you're who are listening to the podcast because y'all yeah. know this, but like, you know, there was this lore around him. He would do a show, and he would send somebody that yeah. would be like like not look like him at all, <laughs> but they just had a mask on, like a little skinny black guy or something, and it's clearly not him. And that person would be there to do the show, or he would just like not show up at all. Yeah, and so it was I like these, these promoters would be like taking like a crapshoot chance <laughs> to to book this guy because you don't even know if he's gonna even show up. And yeah. on the one hand, it's a terrible, it's terrible. And on yeah. the other hand, it's incredible from it's a amazing. lore standpoint. Yeah. Right. That you would just be like, Yeah, I'm not yeah. going. Yeah. What? And, and like his, and his legend just like grew and grew because it was like people were people almost wanted to go to the show. So they could say they were there, whether it actually happened or not. Mm -hmm. And so there was one day, supposedly, and I don't know if this is true, but it was, you know, rumor on campus that there was one day where, like, he booked, like, five or ten shows, like, across the country. And, like, the, it was like a crapshoot of, like, am I going to get the show that, that <laughs> Doom's actually at? That's or is fun. it going to be somebody totally different? That's and hilarious. they interviewed him and they asked him about it. And he said, similar to what he said about wearing a mask, that, like, he feels like, you know hip hop is too much about like all this celebrity shit and stuff like that. And he's like, I don't want you to come to my show to see me. I want you to come to hear me. And the music that's being played is my music as I created it. So like, that's what you're there for. Right, to hear it. It's almost like a, like a, you know, an electronic show, right? Where it's like, uh -huh. I'm gonna go hear like uh, John Digweed play, basically just play beats, right? <laughs> like he's not right. doing anything, right? right, right, um, right. Yeah, but do you actually hear, it wasn't, uh, pretty recently, I think Hannibal Burris came out in the mask. Really? Yeah, I think Doom was actually there, maybe. Oh, so okay. was part so of the thing. He alive, but he came out on stage and yeah. was performing as Doom, and it was Hannibal Burris. <laughs> I need to watch this. Yeah, I, I feel like this. there was like another interview that that E was telling me about, and I I didn't hear it, but basically he said something uh, along the lines of like any anybody can wear the mask and embody the and embody like like once they put the mask on, they are Doom type gotcha. of a thing. So do you okay, think, so. Do you think I could? <laughs> <laughs> so this man just pulled out the Doom mask. <laughs> so, like, and he has one. I'm going to start selling tickets. <laughs> if that's what it is, I'll play the records and just move around. You can't even so, see my lips. So Doom, is, Doom is, is now here. The spirit of Doom and the mask is in the studio. I'm so corny that I brought this. I had to. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you pass that around? Let me yeah. see this. Oh, man. Oh, it's Where not did even you plastic. This is like actual. Where did you even get this from? Right, Etsy. Oh, wow. That's dope. It, it came from like, literally, this is crazy. I ordered this uh -huh. and my bank calls me up and they're like, 
you ordered something from somebody on like a terrorist watch list, right? Like, no. and I'm like, and the guy's name is like, you know, Muhammad Abdul in India. Uh, and I'm like, uh, his name just matches somebody else's name, right? Yeah. But then you I'm have like, to like, buy I'm, it in Bitcoin or something. Yeah, no, and then I'm just like, I email the guy, I'm like, cancel, cancel. My banks give me a hard time. And I ordered another name. one, and then I had two because both of them showed up. And I don't know if I ended up paying. Two for, for both, but wow. that's dope. yeah, I gave one to to, to Quartermain for his store. That's um, funny. but yeah, uh, so there's my mask. Wow, okay, <laughs> right. finally worth the forty dollars I paid for and it. There it that's is, awesome. <laughs> my uh, wife's like, "You serious? You yeah. bought that?" Like, yes, absolutely, hundred percent. That reminds me. Of, <laughs> wouldn't buy it. That reminds me of forty year old virgin when they yeah. when, when she comes over his crib and he's got all the action. He's like, "They're action figures. <laughs> Don't touch them." That's like my life. Like, no kidding, because I have. I have so much Doom like <laughs> crap. Like yeah, I have a yeah. little, I have the Operation Doomsday lunchbox. I have the Mad Villain action figure. Word. Like I have loads of this. So stuff. you are a real fan. Oh God. Sorry. <laughs> well, let's get into uh the the overarching highlights of this album. And cool. uh Nick, why don't you do us the honors? Oh, I'm getting started. What are the the overarching highlight that I sort of thought of? Mm. Like this is sort of the culmination of cultural collage for lack of a better term where okay. it's like i'm going to take all these different things mm -hmm. like basically like all this sort of like you know low culture in quotes i'm doing air quotes yeah, and I, I stuff going and i'm gonna this. patch it in and it yeah, wasn't I mean. just from like one thing where it was like you know on the king ghidra album it's all like from a certain Godzilla movies mostly right, or whatever right, it is. Right, right. This is like it's all over the yeah, place, yeah, right? It's like yeah. Reefer Madness. I was just looking, I don't know this offhand. Russ mm. Meyer movies, right? Mm. Like all this, but like, and that's cool. And Doom started doing that to a certain degree, even with KMD. Okay. But that was sort of like a, you know, it's almost like, I don't know if this is gonna work, but like, yeah. cult, like this sort of idea of hip hop as being this sort of like, you know, amalgamation of all of this culture was sort right. of like DOS effects, uh, uh, RZA, uh -huh, right? Like uh -huh. where you're sort of taking all these things and pulling them together. Mm -hmm. And Doom sort of is just taking them and then incorporating them into the music. And yeah. this was like, I mean, there's one song that has like 25 samples on it, yeah, right? Uh -huh. Like yeah. I was looking at it before. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Like that, because mm -hmm. I like that stuff. It's like Tarantino-esque to a right. certain degree. I, I I wrote something similar here. You know, I said, I, but my highlight was skits and samples chosen. And I said, this is almost like everything we like about Supreme Clientele on steroids. Mm. Yeah. So you know how they I have like all that. the little, like oh, it's just, completely. just amazing. Yeah. Right. And they're not <laughs> in the same lane at that point, right. but they're like basically... They're in the same headspace, right? Yeah. Clearly, it's like, and he, and he, Doom was actually saying that in an interview. He said, um, he said, what's the difference between like Operation Doomsday or like you know what Doom does and what Mad Villain is? And he said, Doom, Doom, the character, and like Doom albums are like a man in his head having conversations with himself. He's like that. It's me having conversations with myself. And he said, Mad Villain is like me having a conversation with. Otis with, with, right. with Mad Lib. And he's like, it's like two friends that have inside jokes mm. and they're just like, like cracking jokes back and forth. That's what, what like he gotcha. tried to achieve with the album. So Right. Uh, and it's like yeah. on Supreme Clientele, it's funny. It's like yeah. there's that skit and this is not a sample, but it's like 
It's like the which chick would you fuck? Oh, yeah, yeah, And it's yeah, like, janitor Chrissy, right? And it's like from Three's Company. Yeah, and you're yeah, just yeah. like, oh my God, like as somebody who grew up watching Three's Company, yeah. and they're like, we're going to go down to the Regal Beagle. And you're like, that's sort of like a big part of like, rap is just like these obscure cultural references. Yeah, that's right. One that got me is that like, what song is it? Where, um... Where meth is like a street car named Desire. Like, uh, and you're and like, that's, that's Triumph. Yeah, 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 on Triumph. And you're yeah. just like, I mean, he's <laughs> Yo, pulling meth, from everything. Meth does that all the time. Right. Yeah. That talks about, yeah. he, he pulls in like Shakespearean quotes. Like, yeah, what? like, especially on, on, on Forever. Yeah. I, I, I think that might be, I was thinking about this recently. I think Forever might be Method Man and at his peak, yeah. like in terms I, I of his level of lyricism. And yeah. he is all over the place with his yeah. references. And they're so perfect. It's yeah. like, so perfect. And it's just like, I don't know the the difference between like these guys. Like, mm -hmm. I think from all these rappers we're talking about, mm. like, it was like intellectually, I think they were just sort of like, oh, had a wider frame of reference as being these Gen Xers who mm. learned a lot of stuff at school, yeah, picked yeah, it up, yeah. watched a lot of stuff on television, yeah. just uh, consumed yeah. a lot of media, it, yeah. right? You know, the genius of it too, as for us as consumers, uh, consumers as listeners to this, is that mm. I think that the way that they incorporate it into their music kind of like uh, humanizes them a little bit. Mm. Because I, I, I know I could speak for me at the time when I was thinking about like who these rap artists were. Like I kind of had like an image in my head about who they were based off of like a lot of different things, based off mm. of like what the media tells us, based off the music videos, based off the conversations around you know, we, we these larger than life figures, you know, and if it's like Jay-Z or Biggie, like they have to be the, the, like these hardcore gangsters or like mm. Ghostface has to be like this hardcore gangster, whatever, right? right? And then it's just like, he's sitting here cracking jokes about like uh, Three's Company or whatever. Right, And it's just right. like, yeah, there's like normal dudes that just like to fuck around like the rest of us. That's a good point. You know what I mean? That's a good point because even, you know, somebody like Ghostface, like you're saying, whose his style is is not necessarily super decipherable, yeah. it still make, those references make him relatable. Cause yeah. you're like, oh, he, he knows what Three's Company is. Oh, he knows what this is. So it right. makes them relatable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really, uh, I love all that stuff, man. I think that's so cool because I'm just like, uh, like I just consume so much right. yeah. media, whether it's, you know, books, music, TV, video games, what have you. And it's yeah. like, I see how that all has to spill out somewhere at some right, point when right. you're just, and it's it genius in. that that they can make it sound good and bring it all together in this combo yeah. pot yeah, of, of, of entertainment. It's amazing. Uh, do you have any other overarching highlights? No. So I mean, I probably have a lot, but no, that's no, it's, it's fine. So uh, for, for sure. me, I'll just say that um, I'll just start off with first of all the length of this album, right? Yes. Like I think at the time in two thousand and two, two thousand three, whatever, like to have an album that's only forty six minutes long, yeah, is is. Not really all that common. And mm -hmm. I think now the way I appreciate albums, I, I appreciate the brevity because I right. don't like the fat, right? Yep. Yep. Um, Neither do I. Right. The, the structure of the album, I think, is, is perfect, yep. right? And I think that what's, what's, what's really good is that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a consistent project, right? Like, there's no track that, that seems like it's out of place. It's very cohesive. Yep. Um, but the chemistry that Mad Lib and MF Doom have is like, it's perfect. Yep. They're just, it's perfect. And I, and I think that the way I would think about it is it like, look, like there's a lot of different projects where you have like a producer and an MC and like mm -hmm. you can kind of tell that they're working together. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I, I think that like oftentimes someone's like vision kind of, kind of oversteps the others in like certain mm -hmm. aspects mm -hmm. of the album. Yeah. And yet when I listen to this, I feel like, oh no, this is MF Doom's vision. But at the same time, I also hear like, oh no, this is Madeline's vision. Yeah. 
And it's just like, there's no, there's no breakage there. Like they were right. really, really on the same page when right, this comes together. Right. Yeah. And I think the last, the last highlight for me kind of talks about what you talked about with like the cultural references. Like, like you, you hear that a lot in the skits. Mm-hmm. But I love like, I love like the ironies of how they put some of these things together. Okay. Um, where it's just like, all right, you got a girl joint, but then like he's talking about her breath or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the like the idea that how some of this stuff comes together is yeah. just like. It's like it's they're taking it serious, but it's also like kind of like a big joke. Yeah. Um. But it's like it just it just works. Yeah. In a way that you know, I, I feel like a lot of other projects that have come out since it have tried to kind of copy this, and I'm not I'm not saying other projects that came out before this maybe maybe they did I don't know just something that, something about the way that all this comes together is just it's just absolutely just there's like a self there's like a little self awareness about yeah, it where exactly. it's like where it's like you know you could look at like um. You know, Dipset, like you could look at like Jim mm. Jones and Cam yeah. and or Ghost, right? Mm. And it's like they're also in this world of like joking around. Yeah, and you're, right. but it's much you're not as clear as to whether they're in on the joke or not. <laughs> I think now we sort of know <laughs> right, that right. they are, right? right? Yeah. More so. But um, yeah, but in this case, it's yeah. very like for sure. We we're we see it. Right. Like, yeah. And it's like it's like I'm making a joke, but I'm not necessarily making it for you. Yeah. I'm right. laughing. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. And yeah. it's like yeah. 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 if you don't yeah. get it, you just don't get it. Like that's, that's kind of like how how they, the tone. But so I got uh, I got a bunch of these. But um, production and production aesthetic. Um, yeah. You know, I said uh, you know Mad Lib, but also Doom. Yeah. You know, they talked in their in their interviews about how you know like Doom is also a producer, so yeah. you know he knew what he wanted, and he was he was definitely a part of the vision. Um, I said chemistry as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's amazing how so I read um I read Dan Charnis's book about about Dilla. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've um, read and, it. And, and, I gotta read that. It's it's a great book. I, I heard book. like yeah. Um, but you know, you talked about the the triumvirate, and you're you're entirely right, right? Like at this time, it was you know it was Doom, it was it was Dilla, and it was Madlib, and they they were the guys. And it's so interesting hearing Madlib talk about working with Doom, and Doom talking about working with Madlib, and then. Madlib talking about working with Dilla because they say the same thing, right? So like, it's like, they speak through music. Like mm-hmm. they don't even have conversations. So when Doom talked about like how they worked on this album, he said basically like, um, so they did most of this album in Madlib's crib. And so Madlib had this basement that was actually built as a bomb shelter, right? So it was like concrete walls, like, you know, like completely soundproof and et cetera. So, so Madlib's down there just like banging out. He's got this this whole house above him. And then Doom is like coming in and out of the basement. And every time he comes in, then Madlib just holds up a CD, a beat CD. It has like 50, like one minute beats on it. Yeah. It just holds it up. And then Doom takes it and he goes to any random room in the in the house upstairs and just like or or outside and will start writing. He might get in his car and drive around somewhere and, and, and write something. And then he'll come back and he'll be like, Yo, I got something for it. And then Madlib will be like, all right, cool, lay it. He'll lay it. And then Madlib will give him another beat, a CD of 50 more beats that he was just making while he was writing outside, right? Yeah. So like, they never actually talk about how the, the songs come together. And they asked, you know, did you like, like write your raps? And then, and then like he tailored the beat around you? And he's like, no, actually it's the opposite. All of those like little scratches, vocal stabs, yeah. like skip... We're already in the beat when he got them. 
Yeah, and F- then, Fancy Clown in particular, they did that. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. he just he writes around it. Yeah. Um, and so like that's just so weird. Like when you think about it, it's almost backwards, right? Because you would almost yeah. think it, it, like his lyrics are a conversation with the things with that the, are going on in the. That's beat. crazy, actually. Um, yeah. So, so did he not know what the songs were gonna turn out like then, or what the final work was gonna he be? Did, like he didn't hear the final thing, but then at the same time, because of the fact that he's writing to it with the samples in it. He's kind of dictating what it's gonna be, but then he's leaving it to Madlib to like finalize it. Yeah. It's 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 like an such an odd process. But the fact that they like didn't even talk about yeah. like they they're not sitting down going, all right, guys, so let's plan this out. How are we? How do we want to approach this? They're just doing them separately, but they have right. such great chemistry that it just worked. Yeah. Um, I said, you know, the skits and samples chosen, which we yeah, talked absolutely. about already. I said length. Yeah. I said both of individual songs and of the entire project. Yes. Um, most of the songs are under three minutes. Yeah. And in most cases, they lack like a specific song structure. Yes. And it I keeps it really love. interesting. Totally. Yeah. Especially in an era, I said, in an era where rap had become very formulaic, it was decidedly not formulaic. So here's the thing, right? So we just did an episode on uh, Planet Asia's The Medicine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We haven't released it yet, but it will be coming out. And I think, I wasn't trying to be too critical of the album, but I mm-hmm. think one of the reasons why that... Uh, songs didn't necessarily get with me is because Planet Asia is definitely like rapping for rapping's sake. You know, just rapidly, rapidly rap, which is cool. But he's also trying to put like, he's putting them in song form with having a very basic song structure. And I think that what connects with me now with this this Mad Villainy project is the same thing that connects with me with like Wu-Tang songs, Mm -hmm. right? Because half the time Wu-Tang, they're just rapping for rapping, but RZA's is not doing anything standard. You know what I mean? Like they don't even have hooks on half the track. And so they do that here. It's like, it's like I said on that episode when you, when you'll hear it, like Mm -hmm. I have no problem. If you just want to rap, you just want to put a beat on a rap. I am here for that. But package, like they package the (laughs) whole thing where he's just able to do that. So you don't have to have a hook. Just like, cool, you got some bars, you got a beat. Like I'm here for doing that. And they execute that brilliantly on the sure. Yeah, and that's to your point of how they made it, right? Like in terms of like not, like I'm not just gonna be like rap over this beat, give me three verses, right? right? It's like- Exactly, exactly. And then Mad Lib like, you know, putting the perfect like little skits at the ends of the records and stuff like that. It just really keeps it interesting. Juana. Yeah. <laughs> Marijuana. <laughs> That's always in my head. That always is like. Yeah. All right. So uh, I got two more. Uh, Doom. He clearly commits here. He's entirely being himself yeah. and he's rapping his ass off. Yeah. He is he? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then last cover art. Yeah. Um, I think the cover art is like so simple, but like so good. It tells you like exactly what they're trying to tell you. Yeah. And the cover has become like iconic. It has. It um has. they they I, I saw an interview with the guy who was the, who did, who like put the cover art together and he said that he was he was like unintentionally inspired by Madonna's first album. I can see it. And he said if you look at the Madonna album, it's it's her 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 face yeah. in black and white in that way. And he said um so he 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 once he liked he did it and he liked it and he was like oh yeah that is kind of like a the Madonna thing he said the O in Madonna was orange and so he wanted to put orange somewhere oh. so he put so he put an orange square I was up at the like, top what is that? to okay. yeah to give it the same like same oh, color yeah, palette oh yeah that actually yeah. wow it actually almost is the same look. <laughs> Too. The way the look at the camera, that's yeah. wild. So he said, if you put the two next to each other, he calls it like Beauty and the Beast. Wow, that is yeah. uh So I thought that was interesting, but it really, really dope cover art. The 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 cool thing about the cover art too is that like 
one of the other highlights, I guess, from this project is that, like the simple fact of where I even got into it, you know, uh, fly low, making mm-hmm. some beat and putting the accordion verse on here, right? But right. like, he's not the only, like, there's how many remixes to this entire album are Tom there? York did right? an album, Virginia. didn't like, there's, 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 there's so many lot. remixes, but yeah. but with the cover art, it's so easy to just take that image <laughs> yeah. and and flip it if you want to flip the color scheme or just or right. put a background. Like you could do so many things because it's like kind of like a bare bones, yep. but it also gets the point across about what the what the project is. Right. Like the the fact that like the art can come together that way, like Absolutely. when when you have a project and it inspires you to to do something else, like, mm-hmm. it's just the way that it can, I don't know, it's For just sure. the and way that everything can just, uh, the the amount of art that this art inspired is just really, really, really cool. For sure. And, and I, yeah. okay. no, I was gonna say, and like, it's a complicated, it's a complicated project, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But the art is like, it's simple. Like, it's, it's sort simple. of like, right. it, it's not trying to overcomplicate anything, exactly. right? Like, it's just. Yeah. And he was saying that like, I guess the initial idea was that they were going to take a picture of the mask. But yeah. then he was like, no, we need to take a picture of him wearing the mask. Yeah, because the, the person needles. wearing the, the mask, there. right? The person right, wearing the, the mask eyes. is what gives it the depth yeah. of like, why is this person wearing a mask? And yeah, like, what true. are they trying to convey with them wearing the mask? So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, what there's one other thing I wanted to coming. add that occurred to me, and I could be completely off base about this, mm. is that it may have also been sort of a moment where... Los Angeles sort of became the um, uh, the uh, like the underground the mecca of hub. underground rap, like yeah. which we're still seeing to this day. I think mm. where it's like Alchemist is like the center yeah. of a whole universe, oh, and sure. everybody wants to be out there, and oh, there's a yeah. lot of creative energy, and it's uh-huh. like it feels like that might that's have been going on to a certain degree. That's interesting. You're right, right? Because so before that, there was the Good Life Cafe, right? And and people like Talib Kweli and stuff right. were coming out there, but that was more of like a an MC movement than it was like recording artist movement. But you're right. Like, I feel like, you know, when Stone's Throw moved from the the Bay Area down to LA to try to get closer to Madlib because he was such a freaking recluse that he never wanted to leave his house. <laughs> but he um, was from, they're from- um, He's from Oxnard. Oxnard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but they moved their offices down to LA right. to be closer to him because he was like their their main guy. When they did that, and then, you know, then Dilla, Dilla and Common moved to, to LA too. And so- You've got this whole universe around Mad Lib and Dilla and all of them. You're right. Like, that's probably, you know, the origin of, like, then L.A. kind of becoming this, I don't know, underground hip-hop release hub or whatever. Okay. But anyway. Yeah, uh, no, I thought that was, like, because that's still, I don't know, it's yeah, a big thing. thing. So do we have any overarching lowlights? I don't have any. No overarching lowlights for me. I've got have... one overarching lowlight. Okay. Um, and my overarching lowlight, and it's 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 gonna sound nitpicky, and probably I'll probably get killed in the comments for it, but that's fine. Lord Quaz never really did it for me. Oh, eh, that's and fine. um, and I think you know the two records that I'm gonna end up saying are just meh. They didn't really do it for me. America's most. Blended. It might be because Quaz is on them. Yeah. Uh, um, I think I that's. Like, I yeah. think that's fair. Um. They don't bother me because I, I think the flow of the album is so so good. Yeah, so, I agree. and I know you're I not agree. being critical, but yeah, I, I yeah. If you. I have to pick something, yeah, it's, it's that, that you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not the hugest Wild Child fan either, right. but it's not like a low light. I think that the low light is not really a low light. It's that to me, this is the thing that puts Doom on the map from a like cult, like a high cultural yeah, standpoint, yeah. Yep, yeah. and it's sort of like this is a great album, but I don't know if I'd call it an MF Doom album per se. 
right? Yeah. So that's not a low light. It's yeah. just sort of like, a, how do we think about it? Right. Yeah, no, that does, yeah. Yeah, um, and I'm not saying that MF Doom necessarily has an album that's better than this. Yeah, right? it's crazy, but I'm just saying, though. like, you're not necessarily, if this is how people are thinking about him, you're not necessarily getting what the whole thing is. But it's crazy because yeah. this is also Mad Lib's crown jewel. Right? Yeah. Yes. When people talk yeah. about what's the Mad Lib album, it's this as well. Yes. And it's not yeah. a Mad Lib album either. It's a it's a them album. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so should we just get into the we'll get into the track for track and then we'll just say whether or not it's a highlight or low light. Do we yep. need to talk about the the illest villains at all? The intro? I just think it's a great intro. I think it's a good intro yeah, too. And I mean that's really all I want to say. I feel like I, I said um this album is like an audio comic book. Yeah, and this is the is. perfect intro that to that. Yeah. yeah. Any any thoughts on the intro? No, I thought it was interesting that and this is I was looking this up, but like where the sample was from. Mm. And I think it's interesting that the sample's actually from a documentary about villains. But they're still using the bits and pieces that are the like the clips uh -huh. that are in the documentary. Uh -huh. So it's like this is weird. This is like a weird self-referential thing going it's on. So dope. I love yeah. I love those those samples. Um, <laughs> but the next one uh, is a highlight for me. Obviously, this is the this, the verse anyway that drew me into MF Doom. But obviously, the song accordion. I feel like this is a very iconic song too. Yeah. Is it not like yeah. everybody knows MF Doom accordion? Yeah. Or Mad Villain accordion, yeah, if you yeah, will. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, just these 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 bars in particular, right? Like giving y'all nothing but the lick, like two, two bras. bras. Got more lyrics in the church. Got ooh I wrote those that down also. That's <laughs> yeah, so funny. Likewise, and he hold the, the mic, mic and your, your attention, attention like, like two swords. swords. That's Either insane. that or one with two blades on it. Hey, you don't touch the, the mic, mic like it's A's on it. Like. And I love that line by the way because ooh. it's like so childish. It is. <laughs> don't touch the mic like it's A's, A's on, on it. it. But yeah, yo, yeah, it's like so great. It's such a dope lyric and it I'm mad that it took me so like I listened to that that fly low mixtape a lot okay. and then it wasn't until like like the I don't know maybe like the 10th listen to where I was like it finally got my attention mm. and then it got my attention and I was like oh I get it now mm. I get it and then like every time other time I heard an MF Doom verse I was like oh okay like it's cool and then like I said I start to pick up on, uh, on how other artists God, Sound like MF Doom for sure. Um, in fact, like you talk about Gunner, that's West Side, that's uh, Griselda, right? No, oh, no, Gunner's no, no. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's he's just got this moment he's from Atlanta, Atlanta, maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking of West Side Gun. Oh, yeah. But uh, a few of those Griselda cats actually kind of yeah. remind me of MF Doom a little bit for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but yeah, so, I, but yeah, I mean, they, they, there's so many bars in this joint. Um, oh, there is. Um, there is. What he says, he's like, um, some something like Joe Tex. Leaving oh, yeah. pussy yeah, cats yeah, yeah. like with, with Hosni Kotex yeah. or whatever. Like he just he got so like many lines. Go next. <laughs> uh, it's like the end to the means. means. What type the of message that sends to the fiends? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yo, that's a really deep bar, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then he goes into the like. Brings his own the meat, Cheetos. Dino's oh yeah, Doritos, Doritos, and Fritos. <laughs> but it's it's There's, crazy. It's yeah. crazy because it's like when you when you say things like Doritos, Cheetos, and Fritos, like mm. that's like silly. You don't really take it serious, right? But the bar that comes before it yeah. really is a deep line, yo. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you know, and I think I, I said this later, maybe on, on Meat Grinder, but I feel like when I got into this album. I started to respect what Cameron was doing a little bit more mm, okay. because I feel like, you know, I really just didn't res super respect Cameron as a lyricist at the time because yeah. I just thought all the new gluey, Louie, Louie, computers, Putin, yeah. you know, stuff was like really <laughs> just stupid and silly. Yeah. But there's like, there's a certain talent to that level of wordplay. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, I like, I feel like I really started to respect it when I got into Doom. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well but it's like, there's like, it's, 
Cameron was around some really lyrical dudes, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like Big L and all these people. This and it's true. like, yeah, yeah. you know, it was not that far afield. Doom was not that far away from him, yeah. right? Like, And that's so weird, right? Because when you think, of, you can't think of two artists like as people who are more different. Like Cam is like flashy, ladies yeah. man, street dude, used to hustle, I'm from New York. And like Doom is literally the opposite of that. Nerdy, oh, comic booky, uh, recluse. I don't hey, want the, hey, the. He's a holder of a boulder. I mean? He's a money folder. <laughs> I holder. would bet you. I would wonder, but I would bet you that Doom was a Cameron fan. Oh, he probably. Yeah, was. for sure. They've yeah. got to like, be fans. They've got to be like fans. because like I don't know. There's something like so many like Ken Starr yeah, like yeah, loves yeah. Dipset, right? Yeah. And he's a super. Like there's just something about it that's like. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, um, so so you know, back to accordion. Um, I I, I said you know. This joint is incredible. Um, it starts with this, you know, this this interesting drum groove and this odd accordion sample, and yeah. you're kind of like, huh, okay. Yeah. And then Doom comes in, you know, living on borrowed time. The clock ticks faster, and you're like, okay, you know, it's sort of like, like mid verse almost. It feels yeah, like. like yeah. it's like in the middle of a, a thought, right? Yeah. And then when that bass line comes in, like it's like you know four to six bars in, like this ba this crazy bass line comes in, you're just like, yeah, like that's some RZA shit, yo. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like. Program fat baselines on Novation, like type <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like, and stuff that like people crazy. don't do now as much because now if you don't have somebody grab, if the record doesn't grab somebody in four bars, like the yeah. whole thing, that's real. Like, yeah. it's not going to go. People oh, skip through it. So you, that's yeah. why everybody jumps into everything so quick. But if you listen yeah. to like H to the Izzo, he doesn't start rapping for like three minutes. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But see, that's the other great thing about this album though and why it's so timeless because. Even though he does start rapping late, there's still interesting things happening in those first like eight bars, mm -hmm. and the song's only a minute and a half long, mm -hmm. yeah. right? So it's like you never you never get tired, and you never you never kind of catch the flow of like what he's gonna do. You can never yeah. anticipate what he's gonna do before it happens. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, like so many dope bars on this joint. Yeah. But uh, living on borrowed time, Joy. But I, I think they they giving you nothing but the lick like too broad, broad, and I and he got the the, the trick out ooh lords. Yeah. And to me, that's like the best line yeah. and shit. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, so now we're gonna get into uh, to Meek Grinder. Yeah. Uh, highlight for y'all. Yeah. It's um it's not a highlight for me, but it's a uh, dope. I'm only gonna yeah. highlight the songs that are like highlight highlights. I got you. Assume assume I like everything on the album. This is a run for me. Uh, yeah. One through five is a run for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um and I you know this joint I love the baseline. Um and I and I love it has, it has a doom and then a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I love how like you know just like his the flippant way that he talks about chicks on this album yeah. makes me laugh. Yeah. Borderline schizo, sort of fine tits though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? like, <laughs> his flow on this, his bars on this are, are dope. His flow is good too. Yeah. Like I said, this is the record that made me be like, yo, maybe there's something to what Cam, Cam and them are doing, you know, yeah. over there. Right. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's. I, I call it like smart dumb rap. Right mm, or dumb yeah, smart rap or yeah, something. It's like yeah, two chains yeah. too, where you're like, yeah. it's so simple and so dumb, but in its it's elegant though, right? Uh -huh. And there's just like this, you're just like, wow. Yeah, okay? there's, a, there's a wordplay to it. Like there's yeah. a talent to it for sure. So for me, I kind of feel like um, I'm reminded of Ghostface a little bit, right? And okay. We, we, we talked about the comparison between MF Doom and Ghostface. Mm -hmm. Ghostface is very stream of conscience, but I right. think the difference though, and, and what Ghostface does, I think is incredible, especially mm -hmm. on Supreme Clientele, it's amazing, right? Right. Yep. But 
we've even talked about when we talked about that album, sometimes it's hard to like connect with what he's saying. Right. But we, we don't really care. Yeah. I think the difference though is that while MF Doom does have a little stream of conscious style, mm -hmm. it's coherent. You yeah. can actually connect with it and That's engage with it. Right. And so it's like he's saying all these like random crazy things, but you actually can kind of piece together <laughs> like the idea of what he's talking about. Whereas yeah. like Ghostface, you're like, you know what? I don't, I don't fucking, fucking purple watermelons, whatever, like <laughs> yeah, right. whatever you're talking about. But um, <laughs> but here. Is, it's like it's more about the physicality of yes, the words, exactly. for yeah, lack yeah, of a better, like the exactly. sounds that they make. Yes. And it is for Doom also, but like it's less about that. It's yeah, more yeah, about yeah. like the idea to play in a little bit more. Yeah, whereas yeah. He's, his wordplay, Ghost wordplay, which is using the blocks. Words as blocks to right. put this yeah, stuff yeah, together yeah. is when, crazy. When, when Ghostface described, they did an interview with him where he went back to describe like his, his style on Supreme Clientele, and he was like, they were like, yeah, you know, like, like why, like what, like, what were you, where, what were you inspired by? What were you rapping? He was just like, I just felt like too many niggas were buying my flow, so I just tried to like create some shit that like I didn't even know what I was saying because it's like how you gonna bite me if you don't understand I don't even understand that's, a, that's an actual quote that is an actual quote from Ghostface Killer he, he, do doesn't, even, ever, right. he doesn't he, even he know that. what he was saying he, he did actually I also say think that, there was yeah. a lot of drugs when they were making that I think there was a lot Probably. of coke in that album <laughs> um, right. Meat Grinder you have anything to, to add about Meat Grinder? nope I think that's it okay, okay. alright so Bistro Bistro, Bistro. yeah you highlight that's right Highlight. It's a highlight for me. It's is still it? it's still on my run. Uh, okay. Like I said at the beginning, um, you know, I I had a beat um, with this Atlantic Star sample. I was excited about it. I played it for the homie E. He's like, Oh yeah, that's the that's the Mad Villain joint. And I was like, Huh? And then when I heard it, I was like, oh. So then I had to scrap my beat because back then couldn't sample the same shit somebody now, else sampled. I mean, come on. Now I just put it out. It's your own shit. So. Um, it's not a highlight for me, but maybe maybe it should be just because I like the idea of like an interlude. It comes in like, it comes in where it comes in. And it's just like setting the tone for like the cafe. We got everything. All your all your needs will be taken care of. Just sit back, relax. Yesterday's check out whatever vibe quintet. we're in. What'd you say? Yesterday's no, those are all just mad and they're all people. just mad lib. Yeah. They're just like yeah. giving they're all like their alter egos. Like yeah, multiple yeah. personalities. But uh, the thing that I remember about this this was because because E loved this album and we would we would just randomly drop things from this album just in conversation. Yeah. And from this one, it was, how do you do? Yeah, how do you, how do? do? you do? How do you do? <laughs> we would just say that. How do you do? <laughs> nah, you know, maybe this, maybe this should be a highlight because I, I think one of the things that this album does well, and I've spoken about this before, how like you might have like these collaboration albums where, you know, oh, it's beat and it's lyrics, but they're actually trying to put like songs together. And mm -hmm. I think that what, what they did here was more about putting a mood together. Yeah. And I think that the reason why the cohesiveness matters is because it's like you really transported to this other place. Right, you're transported to whatever, whatever mood or vibe or alternate reality that they're trying to set. Like you're in there, you're fully yeah, immersed. For sure. Because the album never really breaks from that, and I yep. think this interlude, this bistro interlude, contributes to that as I well. Yeah. Every time I hear this song, yeah, I always laugh at the same part. Is when he's saying like, "So and so's bar and grill." Records and tapes, <laughs> blah blah blah, uh, and then he goes by the water. <laughs> right? Like he just spent this whole thing. He's just like by the water. water. Like, <laughs> like that just every yeah. single time. And I heard it and I laughed today when I was listening. To it. I tried to play it for my daughter. I'm like, would you please listen to this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, why is that funny? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just funny. Just funny because yeah. it's like a whole long yeah. stupid name, and then it's longer. <laughs> just funny. Come on.
And Nick makes a good point, right? So all the people that they're shouting out that are in the building are just all of their alter yeah. egos. And one of them is yesterday's new quintet, which was when when Madlib got got super into jazz. Yeah. He created his own jazz group that was just him. So it's him on like all these different instruments. And that's yeah. what yesterday's new quintet is. That's dope. Yo, he goes, yeah. he goes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the debut grand opening of Mad Villain Bistro <laughs> Bed and Breakfast. Bar and Grill, Cafe Lounge, on, on the, the water. water. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the next one is uh, is Raid, and yeah. this is this is definitely a highlight for me. Yeah. Um. I love this beat. Is like this everything for me. Yeah. Um. And then I think is uh is yeah oh it's a metaphor yeah, yeah. So this is one of their one of their features. Yeah. But um. Yeah, you know, I, I don't really have much else to say about it other than I just I love this beat. Yeah, I've never been a big Med fan, to be honest with you. And and he used to have we used to we used to hate on him. I'm gonna keep it a thou. We used to hate on him because he just had the best production. Jay Dilla did a crazy beat for him. He had a yeah. um, he had a, a single that was a 12 inch, and one side was produced by Madlib, and the other side was produced by Jay Dilla. And us as like rappers back then, we were just, we're like, just like, who is this guy? Like we were hating on him. Mm -hmm. But uh, never been the hugest Med fan. But he delivers here. Like, he, he does 100. percent cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unless you guys don't have anything else to add on this one, we get uh, America's Most Blunted featuring yeah. your favorite Quasimodo. Favorite. I, I this isn't a Mel light for me, so go ahead. Okay. So I'm like, I'm gonna go back to sort of like harking back to our conversation before. Mm -hmm. My knock on this record, this would mm -hmm. probably, I'm not gonna say it's a low light because it's a great record, right? Yeah, I love yeah, it, yeah. but it is a cheap, what they say in wrestling, a cheap pop. Right. Mm. Anything that's weed, America's most blunted, yeah, is sure. always like a little bit of a, you know. Hey, college kids. Like yeah, my, exactly. Like my it's like, let me get you straight into the <laughs> yeah. freshman dorm at Wesleyan. Right. Like, just you're there. Like, but, but and the, the one thing I do like about that from an aesthetic perspective, and it's it's really weird, but it's just a me thing. I, I'm not a smoker, never been a smoker. Yeah. But the bong rips that are that you're hearing in the background, I just like that they sampled that sound. Like I found yeah. that interesting. No, I, I I love the whole record. I think it's a great song. It's yeah. just the, the the it's just funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's got Quaz, and I think I started liking Quaz maybe because of this album. I don't know if okay. I ever listened to a the Unseen until yeah. after this. Was that a good album? Because I, I yeah, heard good is. things about it. It is a good yeah. album. Yeah, I think so. So moving on to Sick Fit, uh, we have our first, I think this is our first just pure instrumental. Yeah. And one of the things I like about the instrumentals is that like if you're if you're getting into this this mood, this atmosphere that Mad Villain are creating for you, you get into a space where like, all right, we just came off of uh, of America's Most Blunted, right? Right. And they're talking about how like that track ends about like, oh, marijuana like increases mm -hmm. your creativity. creativity yeah. right. And then they give you a beat. Right. So if you're in that space, like uh, you might just start spitting. Uh, yeah, and, and you were talking yeah. about how uh how E and J took right. this took that instrumental and they they rapped over yeah, it, right? Yeah, we used to freestyle over it. I think they did a song to it. I'm, I don't but, remember. But I can also imagine if you're listening to this album mm -hmm. and maybe 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 you are smoking a little something and then they give mm -hmm. you a beat, you'll just spit. Right. I never you know thought I mean? about like, it like I that. I think it's a dope way to put the album together. That's dope. I never thought about it like that. But that is that is ingenious. Yeah. And, yeah. and the beat itself is dope. Right, right. <laughs> I just almost thought it was like a palate cleanser. Like, like I thought that, you know, they, and it they was gave boosh, you... if you will. That's like when you go to a restaurant, a fancy restaurant, they give you like a little taste of something to yeah, clean the right, palate. Right, right, right. Exactly, right. Or so no, like, a little thing that tastes different. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you you got America's Bus blended in that, like, it's like takes you in, in a direction. And then they, you know, the kind of the two act thing. And then, yeah. you know, this switches acts by giving you this, this instrumental. Yeah. And that man, that joint is just dope. Like it's just, it's just audio goodness. Like that baseline is just, you know, plotting. It's just, it's just a dope beat. It's so like '90s, like 
I don't know if it's um if it's like boom bap. I don't know what you would call. It kind of like, sounds like a like a RZA slash Premier, just yeah, slash Pete Rock, like just whatever. Just bump this in your eye rock, yeah. like you know, type Master Ace type yeah. joint or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, so that that's the sick fit is definitely a hot highlight for me. And then we yeah. get into to rainbows and we have our our MF Doom and Soprano singing, yeah, man. singing this, along here. This is this is almost like some ghost face shit, man. I I yeah. love Oh they don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just that, that whole thing gets, that's like one of those things that just gets stuck in my head. Yes, we used to do this all the time. We used to we like there's another piece of our lexicon where me and E would just be like, he drinks Drano. Drano. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yo, you know what's weird? Just to be nerdy about it, when I looked this, when I looked, I was looking at the samples on this, mm-hmm. and the sample. There's also a sample from that movie about villains, the documentary about villains. Uh-huh. And in this part, because on who sampled, like I'm not that smart, I didn't figure it out. On who sampled, <laughs> they tell you where it is. Okay. And at this part, they're making a reference to James Earl Jones playing Darth Vader, right? Okay, um, part. Sorry. What part? Like what, what, when he says. Oh, what? in this part of the documentary about oh, villains. Okay, like in okay, the first okay. part, it's about like Bella Lugosi okay, and okay. Boris Karloff playing okay, like uh, gotcha. uh, Frankenstein. And this was about Darth Vader. And I just thought that was sort of like James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. black guy. He, he's wearing a mask in this oh, thing. He's crazy. the bad guy. I'm probably reading too far into it. Maybe. But like, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just thought that was sort of like. Uh, it's, it's so interesting that you say that because you really could like dive down this rabbit hole. And so it's always funny for me when I dive down a rabbit hole with an album like this, and then I I, I watch or listen to like an, an interview with the artist, and they're like, "Oh yeah, man, we just did that shit." Yeah, <laughs> and it's right. Like, yeah, and you because that's, that's what MF Doom was like. Yeah, man, we just rapped and shit, just put shit out, whatever. You know, and we're we're like we're like two hours into discussion about like, what were they right. thinking when they yeah. chose this. But you if know? you but if like you believe like I sort of do that like real music is sort of like channeling, mm-hmm. you know like the ether right yeah, and yeah, like yeah. who knows crazy. How, if if it on some level if it's not right, unintentional right. even if consciously it's not right 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 yeah. um so now we get into uh to, to to curls yeah and um i wouldn't say the curls is a is a highlight but i do like that he's actually telling a story yeah um it's a it's a good cohesive story as well it's a run for me so yeah. seven eight nine ten eleven is a run for me yeah um i like curls man like i yeah. feel like i i like i like when things have disparate energy yeah. So like the the sample chosen here, it almost sounds like like a white like '90s sitcom, like dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. Like it's like happy, but then like the B comes in and then he's just like starts kicking his rhyme. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and and this has one of my favorite but random bars on the joint, which is his life is like a folklore legend. Yeah. Why are you so stiff? You need to smoke more, brethren. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. So I like this joint. Do you have uh, any thoughts to, to add to um No, to not really. Um, so are we going to get into uh, the Do Not Fire? Yeah. So we have, a, this is another instrumental, right? Yes. Right. Um, it's it's fine for me, the, but this is in your run. Yeah, uh, I, I like this. Um, it's, 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 I think it might be the only Indian sample um, on the on the album. So, you Ooh, know. Ooh, and then it, he, um, he did an Indian prop, Beat Conductor. Right, right? the Beat yeah. Conductor, oh, okay. yeah. Um, so so that that's interesting, right? He, he pulls in a different genre. And then um, it has a, a, a Street Fighter sample. Uh, oh, does it? Yeah, uh, Tunga Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was Dalsim's move on on Street Fighter. So just you know, we were talking about these kind of 
different influences and stuff like that and how they bring them all together. I thought it was cool that they put a Street Fighter sample on there. Okay. Yeah. Do you have uh, any thoughts to, to add to Do Night Fire? Um, you know what? Just generally speaking, I'll say about the way uh, the production is that Mad Lib definitely made an album that was for Doom, mm -hmm. right? In terms of how mm -hmm. it sounded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the way that he puts the whole, the way he, um, he's a better producer than Doom. Yeah, I as, agree. As, as much as I hate to admit, yeah. what Doom does for Doom is fantastic, Yeah, right? He sort of takes it, and this stuff swings more. Right. It's a little less choppy. Like, Doom likes the, yep. the samples to almost be like, the drums are cut, like they're cut right, badly, right? right. right? Yeah. And I think it's cool, but this is like, and Doom it's just like takes polished. full advantage of yeah. it, right? Yeah, like, it's not yeah. like he's out of his element. Yeah, Like, he's better. Maybe. I agree, I agree. Okay. Um, so the next one, we have a uh, money folder. Yeah. And this is actually the first single of the album, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which is a little strange. Yeah, little I strange remember that, actually. Like, why, yeah. like, I wonder why they chose this as the as the first single. I don't know, but the uh, one of my favorite bars, um, don't mind me, I wrote this rhyme lightly, off two or three Heinies. And boy, yeah, it was, was a nice fine G. Yeah. One black, one Spanish, one Chinese. It keeps the wood shiny year round like a pine tree. <laughs> it's This dude has some bars, yo. That shit is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I, there's another kind of highlight to me of this is when when he says, um, he flipped it like Mad Lib did an old jazz standard, yeah, oh, yeah, and then, and then, and then they play that. the actual jazz record. I'm like, yeah. yo, these motherfuckers did are it. geniuses, yeah, yeah, it's, especially. <laughs> and if I don't know if, if, if the process was the same for everything else, but like if Mad Lib put that together first and then and then, and then um, MF Doom uh, wraps around that. Yeah. That's, that's dope. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely a highlight. Uh, any other thoughts on, uh, on Money Folder? I just love that, the, 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 you know, that he says, he says, you know, did an old jazz standard and then, and then they play the jazz standard. That could have been the end of the song. Yeah, but true. then the beat comes back in and then he starts rapping again. Like, yeah. I just, you know, I just love how unpredictable this album is. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that that adds to, like, look, when we talk about like song arrangements and stuff, one of the, the clever things you're supposed to do is make it so that like the audience, they need to be able to connect with it, but they also shouldn't necessarily like predict exactly where right. it's going to go. It shouldn't be so formulaic. Right. And so they they have this in a way where it's like it's not predictable, but it's also like it's there's a lot of good connective tissue here throughout yeah. the album. Yeah. Um. So it, it it helps it keeps you engaged. You never like, you know, for the for the ADD ADHD listeners, you never get like so distracted that you you you've gone away from what right what right with the mood that they've set. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, so shadows of tomorrow. Featuring Quaz. Um, this is a tribute to Sun Ra, not a highlight for you, I take it? It's a mad light for me, yeah. Mad light. It's, I, but, you know, I don't like Quaz, so, you know, the, the voice pitch shift thing just never did it for me, so I, I don't like this. Well, so the interesting thing here is that he actually takes the lyrics from a Sun Ra song, and then he's um, just... Oh, really? Yeah, so all these lyrics here, I'm pretty sure these are all these are all from a Sun Ra song. Uh, They're not his own lyrics at all. Even know. even in the second verse, I think, okay. when he's just speaking as like Mad Lib. Okay. Um, I think that they're all from Sun Ra. So yeah, I just never got into this song. Yeah, no, that it's crazy. I actually kind of like the um the Quaz thing here yeah. a little bit. It's a little bit weird yeah, and off-putting, but like <laughs> I, I do, and it does sound like what you were saying. It being like I hear it sounding mm -hmm. like something else. Today yeah. was the um, up with the mama. Yeah, yesterday. I'm like, see, that's the thing. I, I actually don't mind it either. Yeah. Um, look, it's not a highlight for me. 
I don't find it off-putting. I think it it still works. Yeah. It still sounds like it belongs on this project. I mean, yeah. he's got another song that's coming up later with, um, I think it's with uh, with Wild Child. Mm-hmm. And Mad Lib and MF Doom aren't even on the track. It's just Wild Child. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, But it still works. It, still be- it sounds like it all belongs on the same project. So yeah. I, it, it's not a highlight, but yeah. I don't mind it. It doesn't disrupt my so there's, listening like experience. Like I said, I, I don't have any low lights. Yeah, I don't have any right? low lights So it's either. like, but, but I, you know, I don't like this song. It's fine. Got you. Um, the next one though, Operation Lifesaver, aka Mint Tense. Mint Tense. I love this. This guy. is definitely a highlight for me. Definitely. And the thing is, is that like initially it wasn't. So this is a song where I'm like, I'm listening to the album and I'm not really paying attention, but it sounds like it's a girl joint. Uh-huh. And then I actually start to pay attention. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, who who makes a song like this? Yo. Like what? Yo, even even like, okay, so the beat the beat starts and the beat's already fire. Yeah. Doom comes on. Blow, caught me off guard. Like, like what? <laughs> Who even starts a song? That's almost like I bomb atomically. Like, that's yeah. like, how the fuck do you start a song like that? You but, know what I mean? But I hear a verse that, like that. And I'm thinking that he's like, oh, caught me off guard because right. she's so beautiful. Right, right. I don't notice like the, 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 the breath made thing. me cough. Yeah, I didn't notice that at first. And uh-huh. I go back and listen a couple times. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> then I'm reading the lyrics. It's like, wow, dude. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> It's hilarious. I love her big butt and her smile was like camo. Camo, yeah. Hit the men's room. We, we need <laughs> more, more ammo. ammo. <laughs> Yo. Man. Oh, man. Then he, he says, some of them need to eat the whole thing of crest. crest. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hilarious record, it's man. It's so, it's so, yeah. it's so Yo, but that is, that's like a 2 chains line sort of a little bit. Yeah, yeah. for like, sure. For sure. And the, um... It's also funny because it's clear. This is clearly one of the joints where like Mad Lib made a beat with a sample that said Operation Lifesaver. Yes. And then Doom's brain goes to like Lifesaver's yes. the candy. Like, right, right. oh, this hoe needs a mint. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like why does your brain even go there? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely a, definitely a highlight for me. Yeah. So uh, next we got uh, Figaro. And yeah. uh, I take it this is a highlight for you? Powerball 5, man. It's definitely. Gotta be, it's a highlight for me. has to be a highlight for, for me, man. This is the first Doom song I ever heard and was like, this guy is ill. This beat is incredible. Um, yeah, man, I love this song. So I think what I love most about this song is that it reminds me of back when I first like really started getting into writing. I actually thought I was good. Yeah. I would just write like verses on paper. They didn't even have to be 16s. They would just they just kept going. And it was just mm-hmm. bar, 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 lyric, lyric, lyric. And yeah. just something about this song, Figaro, yeah. just kind of reminds me of that experience with yeah. my with my pad and my pen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so it's the best a MC with no chain Ooh, you ever heard. Yeah, the best MC with no chain you ever heard. Uh, the That's only a great line, by the way, it's yeah. so dope. I think the um the 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 only other thing I want to say is for for folks listening, anybody who had the bootleg and knows what I'm talking about with it, that it was called Powerball Five. Make sure you say that in the comments so I don't sound like I'm crazy. Uh, so now we get into Hardcore Hustle featuring Wild Child. And we don't even have an appearance from Quaz or from, uh, from MF Doom 1 here. Yeah. But I, I like this beat because it's kind of like the old school hip hop, like sampling, like, mm. you know, the funk era, James Brown. Yeah. I'm not sure if this is a James Brown sample. I forget who it is. but mm. um, And I think this dude, Wild Child, sounds like Jizzit to me. So I've never heard him anywhere else, but uh, yeah. it's, it sounds like Jizzit could have spit this verse. That's the reason why I kind of like it. That's he's fair. got like a quirky if, kind of voice a little bit. It, yeah. If he's Jizzit though, he's like the great value version of Jizzit. <laughs> uh, no diss to him. But uh, yeah, not a huge Wild Child fan. And, but I will say 
this album is so well sequenced and well put together mm -hmm. that like I don't skip the song. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't skip anything. I don't skip any songs on here. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, like, when I listened to this so much, it was like I just put it on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So it wasn't yeah. like a, as much of an active listen as maybe exactly. as I should. So it is a, but it really works that way because it all yeah. does run together. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a maligning way, but in just sort of like uh, yeah. creating a yeah. what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um. This next one is a highlight for me, and that's uh, Strange Ways. Love this record um, so much. I love the beat, and there's some. The bars in particular, especially on the second verse. I mean, the first verse is, is good as well. I, I love the bit about like you know the police brutality. Yeah. But I'm you know they the pray he, three times, you pay five or whatever. He says, he says mm. uh, they yeah. pray four times. Uh, they pray four times a day. They pray five. Right. Who weighs is strange when it's time to survive? Some will go of their own free will to die. Others take them with you when they blow the sky high. What's the difference? All you got get is lost children. While the bosses sit up behind the desk, it costs billions to blast humans in half into calves and arms. Only one side is allowed to have bombs. Like yeah. that's that shit is that shit is dope. Yo, th that shit this is, is so dope. this is the like okay, y'all y'all think I'm just uni googling exactly. the whole time. Now I'm about to really talk about something. Yeah, yeah. Right, sort of going to what you were saying uh, on the and it seems like it's a theme about Nas and his sort of uh, the fact that he doesn't necessarily execute on concepts. Oh, yes. Right, like yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's like here the concept is I don't even know what it is and it's like. He's executing on it yeah, way better yeah, than Nas yeah, when he's actually trying, trying to execute. To, yeah. Yeah. But nevertheless, though, um, yeah, this song, especially with the with, with the beat as well, and just the way this comes together. Yeah. Um, and I love the juxtaposition between like that kind of string yeah. thing, and then it just like kind of goes into what he's going into. Um, yeah, this is definitely yeah. this is definitely one of the stronger highlights for me. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts before we move on? No, I completely agree. It's kind of the whole like. Uh, I guess Joyner Lucas likes to do these songs now oh, where it's yeah, like yeah. talking from different people's right. perspectives yeah. and stuff like that. Don't oh. say anything about Joyner Lucas or he's going to blow you up. <laughs> All right, so now we have uh, Fancy Clown and this is featuring the alter ego, Victor Vaughn. I love this record so which much. I actually had to kind of get some backstory at first because I didn't know okay. who like Victor Vaughn was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I... I what I love about it is obvious is the obvious. The yeah. fact that like he's speaking from he's another person. Himself. He's dissing himself. Right, yeah. Right. I, I love that he's like he's in yeah. on the joke. Yeah. So uh like, he used to always do fuck with a dude with a mask or whatever. Who wears a mask all day. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> Yeah. I just love I think this is one of my favorite songs. This is one of my favorite. This is kinda like it's got yeah. it's, again, it's it's a, it's a theme that it's that's explored well. Yes. And uh <laughs> the skits work really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I think it's so. A lot. So, like I said about E, like one of the dope things about E, and very different for me is like he was able to kind of jump into these different worlds mm -hmm. of like. So he listened to Lord Quaz albums and he listened to the Victor Vaughn albums, VV2. You know, he shared with me. So you know, I think he was he was kind of into the different alter egos and like where they lived in terms of you know their different personas and things like that. And so this was one of the early records that he, you know, kind of presented to me. And he just kind of thought it was so genius how he was, you know, dissing himself. And I completely agree, man. I, and, and, and another thing that I love about this record, I feel like Mad Lib does a great job of pulling sources from like so many different genres. Yeah. You can you can hear a Brazilian record on here. He was in Brazil when he did a lot of this. But um, he very rarely takes the 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 traditional soul sample that everybody was doing mm -hmm. at the time. So I like that this is like a traditional soul sample that sits in the middle of like an eclectically sampled uh, uh, record. Yeah, but the um, the little um, 
the little like movie old movie sample yeah. he has yeah, at the end yeah. makes me think of this whole thing almost as being like a movie from the 1930s like yeah, the story yeah. and everything like oh for sure like it yeah. just feels that way even yeah. the way the the the, the, sonically it sounds like that and, and then the, the sample, sample is, so is like it yeah. pulls the whole thing together and you're mm -hmm. like oh this is like a character from like uh like a james cagney movie or something right? <laughs> like like or whatever it's like, funny that you say that i feel like feels i, that, I that. read when they when they did the all caps video the animation he actually mentioned james cagney by by um by name like did he really he was like they were like he was like yeah he i does. want you to i want you to do like different villains and like i want like people with hats like from like james cagney movies and, and all this other stuff and they use those influences to create, what and that that's video what it feels like. And yeah. it's sort of like if you think of the whole album, kind of has this like sort yeah. of like I don't know, like film noir or something right, going on, right. like vibe, yeah, like yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. And and I love I love uh, in that second kind of portion where he's where he's rapping, uh, you know, uh, I told her knock it off, but she had to set the rocket off. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like all of the um, the you know, the like little. Uh, Chick from Maryland, I made her throw the towel in or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's just like killing it in that second verse. Um, all right, so now we get into I and uh, featuring Stacey Epps. And apparently I had to research that he was known for putting like these little, these these songs with just a female vocalist doing her thing just uh, on okay. the back half of albums. I didn't know that. But apparently that's that's what he did. Uh, Nick, you might be able to speak to more of this because I think you're more familiar with Doom's catalog at least more than I am. But um, he was just kind of known for doing this. We're doing what? I'm sorry. So, I, was, I got so he, cut that out. So he would, um, he was known for taking, uh, getting a female vocalist and just having her do her thing on a song and putting this on like the back half of, of, of albums. I'm not sure. I read that that's just something that he did with this, with the, with a lot of his albums. I mean, he definitely had records that were like that, but I don't know like where it was only the female vocalist. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I... So what I read about this record was supposedly uh, Doom Doom liked uh, Stacey Epps' voice. She was a homie. Um, Stacey Epps, is she an actress or Stacey Epps? She's a um, a lawyer, actually. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, supposedly, like, he, so he, he he hits her with this beat, like, yo, this shit's, this shit's cool. And she's like, she's like, actually, I like this. So she just, like, just did two takes of freestyling. Like, the, those aren't lyrics that were written, and there was no, like, purpose to it. She just kind of sang. She did two takes and then she sent it back. And then they just decided to include it on the album. Oh, there you and go. she said that it was like life changing. But the crazy thing is she she was this was before she went to law school. So then she moved to L.A. and she went to law school and then she actually ended up representing Mad Lib and uh, and Doom. So she's like both of their attorney. All right. Um, so now we get into the last instrumental track. And this is a super villain, super villain theme. Um, yeah, just another, just another good. Yeah, beat. it's cool. It, it's not my favorite beat on the project, but like it doesn't break up the run. Like right. I, you know, my, my run here is it starts with uh, Operation Lifesaver thirteen, and it goes through all caps. So. Gotcha. I guess I'd be curious about what breaks up your runs. I mean, because this album, like I think we've sort of said, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's a run track. the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? well, okay, so I'll give you the the tracks that actually break up runs for me. So, um, so my run, my first run is one through five. America's most blunted. I already, you know, stated that. Like, I don't, oh, okay. I don't love it. You know, so I'm like, eh. And then, um, but then Sick Fit Instrumental comes on and it's just bang. Right. So, so seven through eleven is is um, is a run for me. And then, oh, so I guess, I guess the quads okay. joints break break everything up. Yeah, yeah that's shadows right. of tomorrow. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's, okay. the, it's the two quads joints. 
right. When I was a kid, like my buddy who I named Carlton, he lives in Atlanta now. And um, we used to like dub music off each other, but he would make his dubs in the funniest way. Like, sorry, when he would record a CD to tape or he would put it in the order that he liked. Like, that so he- annoying as fuck. Yeah, oh, so he yeah. would, no, he would be like, I want to put my songs first. The ones that I like the best, he put it like from best to last. And I was always like, but you're ruining the flow of the album. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, but for sure. It was just I can't always imagine like listening to this album out of order. I'd be mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I know I get so mad when my Spotify is like accidentally on shuffle. Right. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, this is not right. Why yeah. is the intro now? <laughs> <laughs> um so now and that that leads us into to all caps, right? This is the second single. This is the one that we have the video. Right. Um, another iconic Mad Villain song. For sure. Um yeah. this is this this is might be the most like kind of iconic like record from the way they that like they because this was when they fully decided to put marketing dollars behind something, oh, yeah. right? So they so they shot this video, uh, they got an animator to do it. Um, so and then cool. they they like re-released the album with the with like a DVD or something where you could watch the video. Yeah, remember that? Yes, yeah. I do. So so I remember E coming over to to my room. I with feel the, like with I the, bought that album with that in it. Now that you yeah, say it, yeah, it had like a second disc or something that was like a DVD. And so I remember E bringing it bringing it over and us watching the the video. And you know, I mean, we we're rappers, so we were also trying to figure out how we wanted to be visually marketed and stuff like that. So it was just like an interesting thing to and see. And it's it's so cool with the comic book panels. Yeah, yeah. Right? Super like cool. total sidebar mm. is that like I could make an argument that Marvel's resurgence as being like the biggest shit in the world mm -hmm. that hip hop has played a role in that. I can totally see that. And yeah. black audience, yeah, right? Yeah. Like uh, yeah. as being always sort of felt like Marvel was more a, appealed to a, a more diverse audience hmm. than uh, DC, DC ever for sure. did. For sure. And be, like, I don't know, like they had Black Panther like a long time ago, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, if you sort of think about like, Rap's been on this comic book shit for so long. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say about all caps is, uh, "Madman never go pop like snot bubbles." Though. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, snot yeah. bubbles. I like that line, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um. So yeah. So then we get into it's a great day, and this is another highlight for me. Uh, the beat mm. feels so nostalgic. Okay. And it feels like one of those like it almost, it almost feels like he didn't even like make the beat. He just like took. An old song, like the mm. way it transitions, the way the song develops and grows, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but this is one of those records where it's like, if I were in a record store and I came across this, I would have been like, my eyes would have lit up. I was like, oh, look at those, like that old kind of like acid jazzy, like keyboard mm. sound. And then, mm. like, yeah, I think, um, I don't know, it's a really good, really good beat choice from from Madlib um, and from for MF Doom to, to, you know, spit these lyrics on it. Especially, I like the song place song placement too right because like i said it's kind of like a nostalgic feel so we're getting to the end of the album uh, makes sense for me yeah it's fire so i feel like the beat is okay for me like it's not mm. my favorite beat okay but i feel like doom really keeps it interesting and my favorite part of his little story on this short is when he goes one thing this party can use is more Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like he starts the rhyme scheme. So in your mind, you're waiting for him to say bitches, and he does. Yeah, it. he one does thing that several times throughout the album. Yeah, actually. one thing that's, that's like the Heine's line too, right? A little bit. It's um, well, no, with the Heine's line, he's it's a double meaning, and he's yeah, using the one yeah. that you're not thinking of, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing this party can use is more yeah. booze. <laughs> he used to say that joint. 
so the last one we have a uh, rhinestone cowboy. Yeah. Um, it's not a highlight for me, but I do like I do like the line where he says like bitches think he's overly chauvinistic, well then get off his dick then or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I just he's rapping I, his ass off on this joint. I love this shit. Yo, but does this have any connection to Rhinestone Cowboy? Like the song like by Rhinestone Cowboy. The guy who yeah. just got dementia. I forget what his name is. Or just died, maybe. I don't maybe. think so. I think he just called it that. Yeah. But um, I think, man, so first of all, this this was the last record that they did. Um, They they said that the, the project was too short. And so they needed him to go back and, and, and do something. And so um, they I think they actually paid them to go get studio time to work on something. But this was a beat that Mad Lib had already done in Brazil, and so they just they just uh, you know took that beat. He liked it. No he problem. rhymed on it. I think it's a perfect closer. Um, and I think man, he just wraps his ass off on this joint. This is the joint where he's like, hold a cold one like he hold an old gun. Yeah. yeah. Like yo, he's just like going crazy with the with the wordplay. So yeah, no, I think he I think he kills this joint. This joint's a, a dope final track. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that that should. Uh... I don't know. We've been we've been going at this for a while. Uh, we no. thoroughly explored some half-assed ideas. We certainly we certainly did. <laughs> we half-assed some thorough ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so, final thoughts about this this record, uh, just you know, from your perspective, Nick. When we're looking at this in twenty years, thirty years, whatever, mm. I think this is going to figure into one of the most important rap records. It should. Definitely. I mean, it might like, even figure into that now. Not, I it could be. I think it just does. because of the way, like, and it's not because of. Though sales-wise, it did good numbers at the time. I think it did like 75, 100,000, which was big numbers right. mm-hmm. at that point. Especially for but, Stone's Throw. But yeah, and um, but it just took what Doom was doing. And like I said, it is different, but it added like a little bit of a veneer to it, mm-hmm. right? Whereas mm-hmm. like Doom, you'd open the package and it would be like just, you know, one panel Double in the together, front right. and it's just white in the back, right? right? Like, and this was like, a whole thing with yeah. a marketing campaign, but yeah. they didn't overdo it. It's elegant, yep. and uh, and it's influence, like we yeah. said, it, it's lasting for that reason. And I think Completely. people are gonna keep coming back to it. I think Doom's yeah. like, and this album being the centerpiece is like the, I don't know, Led Zeppelin or somebody where it's like, you know, generations are just gonna yes. keep coming back. Yeah. Right? And this is one of those joints that when you get the, you know, um, Pitchfork's 100 greatest albums, it has to be on the list. Uh, 100%. You know, well, all these like lists, and it's going to be that way for like forever. And it's, it's one of those ones that if you're asked what the 25 best albums are or something, and you put it on your list, you feel smart. Right? Like you can be, you can oh, be pretentious, like, oh yeah, so, smart, mad, villainy. pretentious. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I like to the same point, like, I think this is only going to climb up lists yeah. and it's going to knock off things, right? Yeah, like, it's going to yeah, be like, yeah. You know, when um, it takes a nation of millions, like all of a sudden is, I, I don't think that's a good example, but mm. you know, it will last. Right, right, um, right. Yeah, that's always, that's always an interesting thing when it's just like, when you kind of come into something and you're like, all right, there's like a, a set gold standard of like, or there's like an accepted list of ranking or something. Uh-huh. And then it's just like something that's like still new and like, uh, like, kind of like, uh, kind of like when the NBA does like their their best players of all time, and people uh-huh. who are still 75. playing are like better than legends. And you're right. like, you don't necessarily disagree, but you're also like, I mean, is that why? Right, it? right. It kind of feels like up to debate, but the but when it's in ranking form, that it kind of feels like it solidifies it. Yeah. Anyway, it's just it's just weird 
when that kind of happens, when you have a, an album like MF Doom and it's just like, all right, now that has supplanted something that I thought was fir- firmly here. Yeah. And now it's actually like, now nah, this new shit is better. Yeah, right? but it's I just feel a, like interesting. Thing I feel like this is an album that's going to be one of those albums where we talked about this when um when your girl came uh when we did the box set that the Smithsonian did for like yeah. the hip hop oh, yeah, songs yeah, right yeah, yeah. yeah and it's like you're you're looking for certain things to validate or invalidate this person's perspective yeah so like if you see villainy on the list you're like okay man yeah, maybe maybe they know what they're talking about you yeah. know what I mean if you yeah. don't see it you might be like maybe they don't know what they're talking about yeah. hundred greatest albums and mad villainy is not on the list. Hmm. Maybe this person doesn't know what they're talking about. I forget. What, did they have anything from Villainy on the record? No. Okay. Uh, well, I think well, we we got enough uh, material here, so yeah. I think that'll wrap it up. So I'll for be on two episode. podcasts. This is amazing. Yeah, you want two episodes? Oh yeah. my god. Well, I will come do this with you guys whenever you want. Oh, for, <laughs> so, hey, if you want love, me, like I could do this all back. day. Shit, yeah, I know you man. can tell you. Probably <laughs> ruining the day if you decided to. Uh, Nah, this is dope. This is at yeah, least two two episodes of, of worth of content. So just want to thank Nick uh, for coming through and, and being on the podcast. Uh, you know, peace and blessings to all. My pleasure. And I apologize if this podcast sounds choppy. It's my fault <laughs> because I digressed so much. They were like, oh, can you please stop? Take this out. <laughs> no, it was it was super fun, guys. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me. I enjoyed Yo, it. We had a blast. I'll come Ooh, back great. whenever I can talk about this stuff forever. That's what's up. All right, y'all. Peace. Living off borrowed time, the clock tick faster. That'll be the hour they knock the slick blaster. Dick dastardly and mutley with sick laughter. A gunfight and they come to cut the mix master. I see E. Cole, nice to be old. Y2G Steve twice to threefold. He sold scrolls, low and behold. Know who's the illest ever, like the greatest story told. Keep your glory gold and glitter. For half, half of his niggas will take him out the picture. The other half is rich and it don't mean shit to. Feeling a mixture between both with a twist of liquor chase. It with more beer, tasting like truth for dear. When he at the mic, it's like the place get like, oh yeah, it's like they know what's about to happen. Just keep your eye out, like I I capping. Is he still a fly guy clapping if nobody ain't hear it? And can they testify from in the spirit? And living the true gods, giving y'all nothing but the lick like two broads. Got more lyrics than the church, got ooh lords. And he hold the mic in your attention like two swords. Or you the one with two blades on it. Hey you, don't touch the mic like it's AIDS on it. Yeah, it's like the end to the means. Fuck type of message that sends to the fiends. That's why he bring his own needles. And get more cheese than Doritos, Cheetos, or Fritos. Slip like Freud in your first and last step to playing yourself like a 40. That's cool. Um, the villain again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bistro. Bistro. Bistro reminded me of, um, of uh, what, uh, what the fuck is a white boy who sounds like Ghostface? Oh, uh, Action uh, Bronson. Yeah, that's that sounds like something. That sounds like an Action Bronson like interlude. This is the know? joint I was talking about that I uh, touring around <laughs> Jupiter. Saturn was lovely. <laughs> but this is the joint that I was talking about that I I, I made the beat off of. That, that oh, Make Finder Star Sample Bistro. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. I had this beat and I was like, I, I was so proud of this beat. Like I, you know, I was digging in the crates. I found this sample. I was like, oh, this is crazy. And then he's like, "Oh, that's the that's the uh, the Madlib joint, or that's the Mad Villain joint." I'm like, "Meek Grind, Meek Grind to beat is dope." 